welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team. Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3. If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com. But for now, let's get started with this week's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry. I'm Sarah, and today I'm joined by Tyreek. Hey, how y'all doing? Chef. Hey, everybody. And Candice. Hey. And we're talking about faking it until you make it, fighting imposter syndrome as a youth ministry leader. And I'm super excited to have you guys here. All of you have youth ministry experience. You're seasoned youth leaders, but I am willing to bet there's probably a few times when you felt like you were dealing with imposter syndrome. So before we kind of dive into that, I would love to talk a little bit about what that means, what imposter syndrome is, and maybe kind of some personal experiences you guys had with that. How would y'all define that phrase for people who maybe aren't aren't sure of what that means? You're looking at me. I saw your eyes, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just giving you permission to speak because I felt like the Lord had laid upon your heart. Got it, got it. Okay. Um, I would I would call imposter syndrome. It's this like in maybe intense in the world, but it's definitely like self doubt. Like yeah. I don't belong. Do I measure up? People right. are gonna find out that I'm not what they think I am. Right. Mm, I'm yeah. having to deal with that. Yeah. So if you're called to lead a ministry, it's like, yeah. do am I really who they think I am? Yeah. I don't think I'm that person. Yeah. Um, and having to deal with that self doubt. That's yeah. good. That's so good. It is so good. I think that's what it is. You know, you feel like uh, I don't deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's walking into a meeting or speaking in front of a crowd or. Yeah, I think self doubt's probably a good word to yeah. put behind that yeah and i think because also as i and as you were talking tyreek it brought me back to when i first started in youth ministry and i know this is true for so many people who first start i was 20 21 years old Mm -hmm. and a lot of times within a church what you'll find is when you are that young and you are entering you know begin walking in your faith and taking it more seriously a lot of times within the church people automatically want to put you with the children and the youth Mm -hmm. because you're young right? right and as you are beginning this faith journey and beginning walking in your faith, you're trying to figure out, okay, what does my life look like now personally? Mm-hmm. How do I live life, still have fun, take my faith seriously? Um, so you're trying to answer that question. And then you're also possibly placed in a leadership position within mm-hmm. a church. So you're trying to navigate personally your mm-hmm. own faith sometimes. Well, this is true for me, <laughs> navigating your own faith mm-hmm. and, you know, what is acceptable, what might not be acceptable, what's sinful, what is not sinful, you know, what do I mm-hmm. feel God pulling me away from and feeling God pull it, pushing me towards, but then still leading authentically in who I am. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a great point. I think that's a great way to talk about it because there are different reasons we feel like imposters. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's, I don't have enough skill mm-hmm. to do this. When you're in ministry is, I'm not sure I know enough about the Bible to do this. You might Mm -hmm. feel like my faith life isn't together enough to be talking about this. And so there's different levels of it. I know as a teacher, before I started in ministry, I felt imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, and if, you know, every night before the first day of school, I had the dream that the kids took over, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And to be honest. in youth ministry, they did. Yeah. And to be honest, if you don't have that dream, I don't know that you'll you're yeah. probably going to be a good teacher because you yeah. don't respect, you know, what what can actually right, right. actually happen. I remember, you know, from a probably the most where I felt like the imposter the most because I was, um, was my uh, middle school principal came to me and said, have you ever coached basketball? Now, I'm a swimmer. And, yeah. like, I don't do anything right. where I have to cross my body. Right. right. There's no coordination <laughs> there. 
<laughs> and so um, I was, I, I laughed at her. And then she came back the next day. It's like, no, you're actually the basketball coach. And I remember Surprise. being like, wow, yeah. this is not going to go well. And I went out and I bought basketball for, I mean, I didn't know the positions. I didn't know the whatever. <laughs> oh, wow. You really, <laughs> I mean, I knew, and I knew how the game of basketball, basketball worked. I had played elementary school basketball, right. but from a coaching perspective, right. from, you know, was that for book basketball for graders, dummies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. That's how it was. So I learned the positions, everything else. And then when I felt most like the imposter, I walked into the gym and 97 kids had come out Ooh, for 12 spots. Gosh. And it was wow. my responsibility to figure out what to yeah. choose the yeah. best 12. And I was a complete imposter. Except you know that I mean? was actually true. Yeah, that yeah. was true. <laughs> um, but I've felt like that many times since. Right. You know? and especially yeah. once you get into ministry and you add those different levels. Um, I will say, uh, we won the division. Oh, well done! Shout out, okay, yeah, yeah and we did. So and did then we went undefeated again? the next year. Well, right. I just went strong on defense because yeah. <laughs> that's middle school. I'm from Pittsburgh. That's, that's it, right. what we do. Pittsburgh right? defense wins games. That's defense, offense sells tickets. Isn't that what it says? Yeah. So I wonder, Chef, in you navigating through that, um, and you said that's when you first started teaching, right? Uh, yeah, it was a couple years in. A couple years in? Yeah. So how comfortable were you in that moment saying, I have no idea what I'm doing? Um, you know, the the good news was the my boss knew I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. She, she was basically saying, you're the best we got. So <laughs> do, the, do the best what a vote of confidence. you can. And and then I, you know, I asked for a ton of help and a ton yeah. of feedback um, yep. from people who yeah. did know. Um, and it went it went okay, but it was, you know nerve-wracking yeah. for sure and then you go to speaking for the first time or walking into a meeting for the first time when you feel like what am i doing here well i think you bring up a good point that there that there is actual like legitimate feelings where you aren't prepared yeah. to be in a position and i think it's okay to feel that tension of right. i'm not necessarily equipped to be in this leadership role yet i know i have a lot of growing to do and all right. and then the tension on the other side feeling like you totally are equipped you totally are called you should right. be here mm -hmm. and i still feel this way <laughs> right yeah. right yeah. so there i yeah. mean there is there's kind of that tension that i think you probably need to wrestle with right yeah about. i think i felt imposter syndrome the most when i was in seminary right yeah. so i graduated from college went to seminary um, and you're in this place with all these people and you just, and like, you deserve to be there. Like right. you applied, you, they right. looked at your criteria, you met it, yes. you got in. But when you walk through those doors, it was like, everyone's in here smarter yeah. than me. And like, and so you mute yourself, right? Yeah. For whatever reason, you can mute yourself because you may feel like your race isn't, um, valued in this space. Mm -hmm. Your gender isn't valued in this space. Mm -hmm. Like where you come from in the country isn't valued right. in this space. And so... And but then over time, I know for me in seminary, I looked, I was like, wait a minute, none of us know anything. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Y'all, okay, cool, cool. And then you learn to just be bold enough to just be yourself and yeah. say, let the chips fall where they right. may. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. This is my perspective, and my perspective yeah. is valuable. Um, and so I think sometimes just maturity and going through yeah. stuff, I think, lets you beat it in a sense. But then yeah. there's always another level of like, wait a minute, do I really deserve? Right. To be here, do right. I belong here? Yeah, that's good. And I hear this, and I hear this from a couple of different angles, right? Being comfortable with your leadership and admitting, hey, I don't really know mm -hmm. what it is that I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. Being comfortable with your peers, hey, I don't really know what yes. I'm doing here. And then, but how comfortable are we really with sharing with our students? Yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what I'm doing <laughs> here. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I don't know. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much should you be willing to share? But I think I want, I want to come back to that. But Tyreek, what you were saying with kind of, am I the only one that feels like I don't belong here? I think yeah. that is kind of a common misconception mm-hmm. that we feel isolated in the tape that's running through our head, but everyone has a tape going through their exactly. head that's telling them they're not adequate in some mm-hmm. way or another. Exactly. And I think it's really freeing when you realize, no, everyone's got that yeah. tape. I think the craziest thing I heard was, um, so Toni Morrison, uh-huh. who people say is America's greatest writer yeah. ever, struggled with this, right? So she wrote, yeah. like, like uh, let me get it right. She got a Nobel, she's like the Nobel laureate in literature, uh-huh. all this stuff. And she said, I always wondered when I started a new book, if they were going to find out that I'm yeah. not who they think I yeah. am. Right. And it's like, but no, but you are. Right. Like, totally no, but for real. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you know who you yeah. are? Yeah. But don't don't you also think there's a degree of health in, in not believing your own press? Oh, too? absolutely. Because, I mean, I feel like also, I think the tension is there's the self-imposter, but then there's also like the celebrity culture. So mm-hmm. it's like right. you don't want to d- doubt who you are and what you've been gifted to do, but also you're like, you don't want to be such a big deal that you're yeah. a jerk, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, so, I think that's when you lose touch, yeah. especially in student culture. Right. Because what we feel in those moments is what our students feel every day is they're trying to figure yeah, out the identity point. and everything mm-hmm. else. It's like, you know, how far does it go for one of your seminary, you know, buddies to turn to you and say, that was a really good point or you something are. like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you start to realize, or, you know, they say, you're so smart. You should be here. Those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Right. Like those are the mm-hmm. things our kids need as well. Mm-hmm. So it's right. a great way <laughs> to be reminded. But my, you know, I watch my sister the same way, you know, division one swimmer. She works with Olympic swimmers and she, she helps swimmers get better, the best in the world, right? By talking to them about confidence, mm, and it's like, really, yeah, that's the thing that they're all—they all feel mm. that way. The best in the world gets up and thinks, "When are they going to find out I'm not who they mm. think I am?" Yeah, you know mm. what I mean. It's just—it's part of the human condition, right? In a lot of right. ways, and it does seem like maybe social media probably feeds into that a little bit, oh, and yeah. you know, yeah. we do really put. Oh, out we look point. at everybody's highlight reels. Right. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the question becomes too, like, when does it become paralyzing? Yes. Like, when does that's when it becomes a problem? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When does imposter syndrome or self doubt become paralyzing to where you're not stepping into things that you should be stepping right. into? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you guys yeah. seen that play out in your own experience where you you can look back and see I I sold myself short in this situation. Mm-hmm. I could have done it. And I didn't. And I didn't. I think a lot of myself. females do yes. that. Especially within ministry, in the context of ministry, with where a lot of churches, females aren't necessarily permitted to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, they aren't permitted to pastor. Right? Mm-hmm. When I first went into, um, when I first started walking in my calling with this seminary, I was well into into seminary before I even called my grandfather, who was a mm-hmm pastor and told him that I was in seminary. Oh, wow. And when I did, he said, there are many places for women in, in the church and preaching and pastoring is not one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he since called me back and, you know, and we've talked about it and he's blessed my ministry and he's, you know, rooting me on and cheering me on. But in that moment, what that did for me, yeah. right. When I'm already, mm-hmm. you know, hesitant walking in my faith and then you I'm have this person who I tremendously respect right. saying this to me. Um, right. So, it's it's interesting how males versus females navigate that water and in stepping into there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was talking to a mentee of mine um, earlier today and she was applying for a job 
And I said, when you walk in, you know, don't necessarily walk in cocky, you know. Yeah. Um, I said, but, but when males and females walk into a room, a lot of times males walk in, they sit right down in the seat and they put their feet up on the table like they belong. Mm-hmm. You know, but females will say, hey, is this the right room? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and when you walk into this space, just have the confidence that in, in knowing, even if you don't think that you're supposed to be there, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, I doubt myself sitting at the table right here, mm-hmm. but it's about just doing it anyhow, you know, mm-hmm. what a do it afraid kind of well, thing. Well, it's interesting when I, when we were, you know, preparing for this podcast, I found that it wasn't just in ministry, but women tend to suffer from imposter syndrome mm-hmm. more than men. And I would think that would be even more true in ministry context. Yeah. So I just wonder how that, why that plays out that mm-hmm. way. We live in a misogynist society. <laughs> 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 Next. <laughs> Thank you, Tyreek. I didn't want to say it. So I but I think <laughs> being a teacher, like even the way that we yeah. socialize boys and girls differently, right? Yeah. I think that it can all lead to those things. I mean, I know for me as a teacher, like I always would try to encourage my girls to do stuff that boys would do, right? Mm-hmm. And this is first grader. So it's like, I remember I was, we were on the playground and all the boys were playing basketball and the little girl was like, I wish girls could play basketball. And I was like, why can't they? Like, there's mm-hmm. so many girls that play basketball. Like, go play, play basketball. basketball. Yeah. And I think when we put um, barriers, because it's like society creates them and sometimes yeah. we can reinforce them and I realize it. Um, and I think that's something that we have to work. I think those can help create this imposter syndrome right. or this lack of confidence that mm-hmm. when you show up, you don't belong there. And you have, almost have to have the audacity to say, yeah. you know what? I do belong here yeah. and we'll... And I think it's the difference between having confidence and BSing. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Like confidence says, I've prepared, I've studied, I've done the best I can. What's gonna happen is gonna happen. BS is I don't care enough to learn and I can figure it out on the fly or I can right. just make something up. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I think that's an important distinction. Yes, that, yeah. and that's problematic. Like yes. we don't need, there's a lot of BSers in we the church. We don't need more so We don't need more of them. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do we don't work. need someone pretending to be a lifeguard who it, hasn't been trained. <laughs> right. We don't need people right. teaching scripture who haven't been right. trained. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. you've got to be super cautious mm-hmm. about just some things. It's one thing to get up and you know, do a comedy act. It's another thing to get up and, you know, have authority and talk about something that really matters. Yeah. And I think that goes back to that tension that maybe we should feel to a degree that this is a weighty kind of role that you step into in ministry and and teaching, maybe especially. And maybe what we should experience is more reverence and humility Mm -hmm. and respect as opposed to, I don't belong. Uh-huh. And I think there might be a fine line between yeah. between that, you know, knowing when one stops and then when one begins, because it is a weighty responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know right. I mean? It is a humbling responsibility. It's something that we ought to walk around and carry with the utmost respect. And if right. we're not, then we're doing everyone a disservice. Um, but finding the, the, the line between the two and where one ends and where the other begins is mm-hmm. a bit challenging, maybe. And yeah. I think you said something that's interesting. It is this thing of... In the church, how do you manage authority that's been put on you, right? Yeah. So like you said, it is the basketball coach. You walk into the gym, you're the coach. Yeah. Like everyone's looking right. to you to organize, to execute, yeah. to cast vision. Right. And what does it look like to say, okay, now you're the youth pastor. Right. Mm-hmm. This is like, you have authority to do what you need to do here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you manage that? Yeah. And if you fail, people go to hell. Exactly. Right. Right. In a handbasket. No right. pressure. No pressure right. at all. No, I mean, it is lifeguarding in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. I've always wanted my son, who's a swimmer, to be a lifeguard because I remember being 16 and sitting at that pool. And even though there's like eight people there, it's like, mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like if something goes down, it's on me. And right. to feel that level of responsibility, I just think 
you know, if you don't have reverence for it, yeah. you're messed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, or you don't yeah. realize, you know, how important the situation is. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, as we're talking about this imposter syndrome and this idea of feeling like we don't really measure up versus this very public persona that we kind of see in celebrity culture. Do you think it's possible that this dissonance between the two, between the public persona and what's happening behind the scenes has contributed to this sort of fall from grace that we've seen with a lot of celebrity pastors? I think that's a really, (laughs) it's an interesting question because on one hand, I want to say, if you're doing what what God has called you to do or Mm -hmm. asked you to do, it's going to be more than you feel like you're capable you're of. You're capable of. Right. So there's that side of it. On the other hand, if if public has put you on a pedestal, right. if you have been seen as this person and you've got a secret or and it just kind of keeps building, I would guess you're becoming more and more of a, a imposter talking right. about some things right. and that that's just going to spiral to what we've seen, I would guess, you know. It's so important to stay healthy as a leader and this is one of the Right. One of the reasons. So know? what would be, how would you combat that? Because I think you're right that there is a healthy sense of like. Don't get popular. Don't, don't get popular. Get, you know, don't become a celebrity. Well, I mean, the, the higher you get, the harder it is to share right. some of the stuff that's going on. But in sharing seems like that's really like. Very much. Great community. Being, right. Safe people. I think it, what would help is if we would all be just real and honest about who we are and what mm-hmm. we're going through. And I think if more pastors, more people in leadership were just honest about the struggles that they face and they experience, then some of the, the, I think the challenge comes in when people feel like they need to hide so much Mm -hmm. and then they have these breakdowns, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, if if we allow, Lauren Hill has something on her unplugged CD Mm -hmm. and if she says something like, you know, if we could all just be honest about who we are and just be exposed, you're like, oh, you got one too? Kind of a thing, you know? Um, Because everybody has something. something. All of us here have something that we struggle with. But when we stand up on Sunday morning or whenever and we Mm -hmm. prepare messages and we speak and we say, thus saith the Lord, Mm -hmm. there's a weight that's placed on us when we Mm -hmm. have to do that, right? And a lot of times the weight that's placed on us is feeling the need to feel like we are perfect right. and like we have everything together. Right. And what it does is it makes people think that people who are in church leadership are, you know, have it all together. Yeah. And right. have it all together. But if we were more transparent about our struggles, I'm not saying bleed on the congregation, right. but if we were more transparent about our struggles and sharing what it is that we're experiencing, what we're going through, um, then I think that it might provide for a safer space for other people. Hmm. Oh, it would. To, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, going to yeah. close it, but y'all know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. But I do think at some point you've moved past this general feeling that I'm in over my head that I mm-hmm. think might be imposter syndrome to where you're really dealing with, like, I am putting on a charade. Like, yeah. this is not really me. And that's when you're going to start to run into, you know, big issues. But from the beginning, from the first time you feel it, I think to say, wow, I really feel like. I'm in over my head on this one, but clearly God's put me in this place. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I'm going to, with confidence, not necessarily in myself, but in what God has entrusted me with, give it a shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but the more we do that, the more we fake, mm-hmm. the more it's going to become that tension that's just, it's right. just going to become a cycle. Right. Yeah. And yeah. the more you fake, the more your chances of hurting the congregation or the people that you're called to serve anyway, because you're right. not, because if you fake, you're not 
asking anybody else's input who may actually be qualified to right. speak into the situation. Right. And so I think it's like I think what we've been saying is it's okay. Like everyone feels at times they don't belong. Right. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Um the problem is when you pretend so much that you create this wall around you that you don't seek feedback and influence from other right. people and find it that it's okay to say, you know what, I, I'm not sure what's going on right and now. And no one knows really what's going right. on. That's right. when you start to get into trouble. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think that kind of transitions into what do we do to combat the imposter syndrome? So it feels like really one of the bigger things is being willing to talk about it You know, when it shows up with people that are safe. Because Candice, you're making the point like letting your congregation know you're not perfect. And I think that's true. But it also seems like you want to have a safe circle yes. of people that are capable of speaking truth and do really know you and can kind of lean into mm-hmm. That. What else would you guys recommend? More leaders in, sorry, no. more leaders in therapy. I'm going to advertise <laughs> yes. that on what? every podcast that we have. Because Stop I playing. believe in that. I right. mean, the therapist that I've seen, I've been seeing her since I was 22 years old. Right. I'm 35. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? She knows my life. She's yeah. been around since before I got married and had kids. She knows me, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that it's so important to just have, be in therapy. Yeah. yeah. And just talking through some of that. You yeah. Know? We've talked a little bit about this, I think, on yeah. our mental health episode, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think it's good to, and I think that's actually where some of this was birthed from, was yeah. that yeah. that podcast. Because I think that's important that you want to have these safe places, especially for ministry leaders who don't feel like there is a safe pastoral mm-hmm. voice for them yeah. in their church because it's a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So having these people that yeah. can speak into them. Which is the higher you get, the harder it is to find right. safe places. So mm-hmm. for those of you who are thinking, you know, I hope someday, that's a great yeah. place to start. Like find some community where you can, you know, share your last 10%, find some safe people yeah. and, and start there. I think it's really an important part of it. Um, the other part for me where I've kind of got, I, I've never gotten past it. Yeah. And in fact, I don't even know that it's healthy to get past it. Yeah. Like the day I strap a microphone on to stand in front of a group of people and speak and I'm and 100% totally confident. confident, I'm probably arrogant <laughs> yeah. and right? lost. Yep. I think that's a really good right? point, yeah. But for me, it, it comes in the prep time. That's right. how I get there. Like, And um, my old boss, Andy, used to say, if you're, it depends on what you're nervous about. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're just nervous to speak, then you haven't prepped enough. Hmm. But in his his point to me, and he said, here's how you know when you're ready. When you find that thing you can't wait to tell this group of people yeah. for this mm. moment you've been entrusted with, to stand yeah. in front of a group of people, and you have found this biblical truth that you can't wait to tell them, then you're in the right place. Yeah. Mm. And you're still nervous to do well, right. to, you know, to speak well, to speak clearly. But at the end of the day, like that's the moment where I feel like, okay, I'm confident God has trusted me with this moment and this truth. Right. And I'm going to just trust him yeah. to fill the gap between what I feel like I'm capable to do yeah, and, you know, and just do the best I can. And yeah. um, I've done really well sometimes. And I <laughs> also <laughs> walked off and thought, what was that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, you right. But nobody yeah. remembers the sermon by yeah. Monday. So you're in good shape. Yeah. Either <laughs> way, good or bad, yep. you're, yeah. you're out of the mind. You know, and I think when we see people, you know, like you, like you said, Andy Stanley, you know, like chef, you've been speaking for a long time and other people who, who have just been really, you know, um, speaking on, on these big stages for a really long time. Right. And we, the first start out and we, um, are working to find our voice right mm-hmm. and we don't really have our style and our rhythm and our mm. groove this yet you know yeah. and we want to you know 
imitate them, mm-hmm. you know, so we ended up becoming these carbon copies of somebody else right. who we're not, but it's not necessarily authentically true to who we are. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister and I, you know, have this this thing when I first started, you know, in ministry, she was like, hey, borrow it until you get your own. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you if reps. you see. Yeah. yeah. And if you see somebody else who does something speaking wise and you like it, you know, borrow it. But as long as you're not like 20 years down the road and you're still trying to yeah. imitate this right. person, but you're, you're borrowing it until you find your right. own language and you find your own voice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, prime example, when I first started preaching, um, my mentor, she, to this day, still takes her shoes off before she stands up and mm-hmm. preaches, mm-hmm. right? When I preached my first sermon in the video, you can see me unbuckling my shoes, trying to get my <laughs> shoes off, right? <laughs> right. And, you know, for a while I did that, you yeah. know, until I realized... I don't need to do this because this is not mine. Yep. You know, but I did it for a while because I'm like, hey, she's someone who I admire. Let me try it on for size. Yeah. Didn't fit me. And I got my own groove and I'm way more comfortable in my own skin. But as long as we're not, you know, 10 years down the road and I don't know when that, when that fine line ends, you know, but yeah, that's good. But with this generation, like you have to, you have to find your own voice, or they're not gonna listen. Yeah, it's such an integrity yeah. culture that you know. I remember like kind of coaching up some of the younger speakers in the ministry, and one in particular, he was such a student of speakers. Like he would study the different speakers. Mm-hmm. He would practice just the way they stood, the way they kept their hands, the way they would make these transitions, some mm-hmm. of the words they would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and technically incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but from an integrity perspective, it was just missing. Mm. And so what I did to him, I may, this sounds crazy to do because I'm so big on prep when it comes to communication. I said, you know what, technically you're a great speaker, but if you're going to find your voice, I need you to put 20 minutes of prep into this talk and close your book and just get up on stage and do Mm. it, you know, um, and do it. And just so we could see if we could find like in there somewhere is your voice, Yeah. but you have studied so many speakers. Yeah. that I'm having trouble finding it and you're missing the group because yeah. it's not you, Yeah, you know? So That's again, he, he was an amazing technical speaker, but. Mm-hmm. At what point. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but at what point did you feel the need to say, Hey, let's cut this out. Yeah. You've been, you've been faking other people <clears throat> too long. Um, well, I don't think he was faking. Um, and, and he wasn't trying to find his own voice. He was mm. trying to be um. like them as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, and that's really yeah. where I think he was missing the emotional connection. With so maybe mm. he was putting the in church. the wrong kind of work, putting in the work in imitation yeah. instead of putting right. the work I mean, in self-discovery. It, I would not or discourage anybody from watching somebody, some of the best, yeah. you know, mm. I mean, that's, that's just smart. Right. Um, but at some point you do have to, yeah. you have to be yourself and, um, and that's he had just kind of gone beyond that where it mm-hmm. was like this isn't about right faking it till mm-hmm. you find yours anymore this is about you're trying to be someone you're not gotcha. yeah you gotcha. are that's a good distinction it. you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. you are an imposter yeah, <laughs> you know, no, yeah. Right. in some ways so right. i guess maybe the question also becomes how do we discover our mm-hmm. maybe that's a different podcast i don't know but how do you really and some of it some of it, especially when it comes to speaking it speaking some of it comes with like you were saying reps just right. doing it over and over again right. and you realize you're standing up and you didn't even think about taking off your shoes you know right um but how do you find your who you are authentically yeah. in all of this yeah 
So maybe another way of asking that then is how do we know when we're faking it? Like what are the mm. indications to look for to know that we're not being our authentic selves in that case? Mm. I think if maybe, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but maybe if it doesn't come natural, you think? Hmm. Maybe. I think that's part no. of it. Yeah, I think when other people can tell. Yeah. I think other people can tell you like, um, so I like I watch a lot of comedians. Yeah. Because I think I'm like I'm so interested. Like how are they? How do they do yes. what they do? Right. And they work so because hard. it's a lot yeah. like it's preaching. Like, it exactly. is a whole lot. I yeah. Exactly. That too. Yeah. Now I do think preaching is harder because you got to come up with new material every week. That's true. But it's still like <laughs> yes. Hats Unless you're one of those traveling preachers. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, right. that's true. <laughs> Shout out. You get three or four talks. You good? I, mean, I want that life. No, I different people. Right. Um, but I think it's like when you get off stage home and be like, man, you watch a lot of Kevin Hart or man, you watch a lot of whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just trying to see. I'm trying it on to the works. Lands. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I also think it could backfire in like meetings, right? Where you you feel like you have to be like you've seen certain type of leadership, right? And so you mm. see the leader that has all that knows all yeah. the answers is very demanding and yeah. you know whatever. So you walk in and you're the same way and but you don't understand how it offends or mm. mutes everybody else. You know right. what I mean? So I think that's another play, a way of like you're mimicking what you're seeing but because you haven't analyzed to see how it impacts other people right. it doesn't right. it it comes off problematic. Or you might not have the clout that they have so they've earned that kind of Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I I wonder too if this could be wrong, but I wonder if some of it comes with age too, just experience, just that you get to a certain place in life where you kind of do figure out more of what you are. I don't know. I think when you get to a place where you've done enough reps, you've prepared enough, and you can walk off, and again, we're just talking about speaking, not necessarily being in meetings, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you don't remember choosing your words carefully you don't you know you look back on it and go all i know is that felt right but i don't you know if i'm thinking about every turn in there i'm Mm -hmm. not in my natural state if that makes sense but if you can prepare to a place Mm -hmm. where you're just speaking and you you know you're hitting your points that you're aware of it to that point but you look back at it and it was kind of automatic like i drove home and don't remember making the turns sort Mm -hmm. of a thing yeah Mm -hmm. then you're yourself you know and that is a long way off for most Mm -hmm. of us especially standing in front of a crowd um and i don't know that it's you know i don't know that the question is are we faking it the question is are we you know preparing and earnestly trying to get better Mm -hmm. yeah you know is part of it because you haven't failed if you're if you're trying some things, you weren't right. quite authentically yourself. Yeah. You took your responsibility seriously and you, you did a great job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So let's imagine that there's a 20-year-old who's listening to this. He's just started in youth ministry or mm-hmm. she's just started in youth ministry. And then there's a 45-year-old who's been doing this for 25 years. And mm-hmm. they're both still feeling that tension, that they're an imposter. So the 20-year-old's like, I don't know what I'm doing. 45-year-old still feels that even though they've been doing it for 25 years. What would we say to them to kind of – combat that imposter syndrome, faking it feeling? I think it's twofold, right? I think there is a spiritual side of it where you have confidence in God and who God has made you to be, Mm -hmm. right? And God puts you in this position of authority for a reason. Yeah. And regardless of how your feelings, regardless of how you feel, the truth is God has put you here for a reason. Yeah. And you need to believe that. So I think that's a spiritual side. I think the practical side is you need to work like you're trying to figure it out. Right. 
Like, don't just put it on like, oh, okay, well, God, the heavens will open. It will right. just, no, no. Right. You should be studying. You should be right. asking questions. You should be trying to gather all the resources you can that will come better. Yeah. And then the things that you can control, control. And the right. things you can't, like, yo, God, this is where I need you at. Yeah. Don't use the Holy Spirit as an excuse. That is there. so good. The Holy Spirit is upset about that. Yeah. He can <laughs> be there when you're preparing, Don't you put too. that on me. <laughs> right. Right. That's the Holy Spirit. You just didn't do your work. <laughs> yeah. That's no, so that's good. good. That's good. What else would you guys say? I mean, for me, the spiritual side is you should always feel the tension, mm -hmm. the, tension. the weight, and it's yeah. okay. Yeah. You may become more comfortable in it, and I think part of it is exactly what what you're saying. Um, but you know, a lot of times, you know, I'm 47. Mm -hmm. You know, and I go and talk to a group of students, I feel like an imposter. Right. But I feel like the minute I start to change who I am to try to connect mm -hmm. with them, I am an imposter. Mm -hmm. That's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And especially this generation, they just want integrity. They're okay yeah. with a 47-year-old. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just be who you are. Mm -hmm. The yeah. minute mm -hmm. you pretend to be something else. Um, you lost them. You've lost them. Yeah. 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 I think it kind of comes, into, comes in, into the, if you're trying to, and this is all just kind of like the tangible pieces of it. Changing the language, yeah, you used to change your language to some degree so people understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and but I don't mean necessarily throwing in slang if you don't naturally talk like that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, or right, saying, "Oh, these are my youth ministry clothes." Wait a minute, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even hear. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm just Wait, saying what? things. I mean, I don't know. Oh my god, <laughs> that's <laughs> even old. So yeah, but if you have like, "Hey, these are my youth ministry clothes," or yeah, you know, jacket. yeah. <laughs> As <laughs> <laughs> you're wearing, trying to be cool, you know, um, it's it's not you, you know, and yeah. and at that authenticity, like Chef was saying, people it was just you know pick up they on they, it. they yeah they they pick up on that, and and the students love authenticity, mm -hmm. um, but I think for the younger one also for the one who's who's 22, you know, I would have hated when well, people said this to me when I was 22. I'm like, yeah, but you don't know me, you know, yeah. um. But now that I'm a bit older, I I, I get it. You yeah. know, um, at 22, you probably don't. You know, you're still yeah. trying to navigate life. You're probably still trying to, you know, just just graduating high school if you if you went that route, or yeah. in college if you went that route, or you're you're still trying to understand who you are in this bigger Your brain's world. Brain's not even that, done yet. It's still <laughs> right. three years of cooking. Right, right, right. You know, so just keep on living and keep yeah. on trying. You know? Yeah, that's good. Well, guys, thank you so much for this. I think this is a great place to wrap up the conversation. Tyreek, Chef, and Candace, thanks for joining us okay. in talking about faking it until you make it, fighting imposter syndrome as youth ministry leader. So before we go, we want to ask you a question. What is something ridiculous or not so ridiculous that you tried on stage that totally gave you away as an imposter? And to answer this question, head to our Facebook group. And the best way to get there is the link on our show notes page, rethinkingym.org. Until next time, thanks for joining us. <laughs>